All right, it's Friday, March 27th. We're jumping right back into our Bible study. I've got my speed racer glasses and we are going to jump back in. We're in verse five today. So grab your devices if you can and take a look at this. Maybe it'd be good for us to start in verse three to get the context. After the introduction, uh, Peter says, his divine power has granted us, granted to us rather all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, verse four, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Now here's our verse for the day, verse five. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, and on it goes. All we're going to deal with today is the first half of verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. I just want to deal with the idea of making every effort. But let's start with this first reference here in verse 5. For this very reason, that demonstrative pronoun, this, we got to figure out what the antecedent is to that. What in the world is this referring to? For this very reason. For what very reason? We'll look back up at verse 4. I mean, the closest and most logical antecedent are the two things here that are given to us. I mean, you could go back further and say it's God's great and precious promises, but then it says the benefit is that we can become partakers of the divine nature. We talked about that having a present reality and a present benefit and a future benefit, and then escaping the corruption that's in the world because of sinful desires. Well, there's a present benefit and then ultimately an eternal benefit. Well, I think because of where we're going in this passage, we're going to deal with the present benefits of both of those. So what is the reason? Well, it's God's grace to give us the partaking of the divine nature and the escaping of the corruption that's in the world. So the positive is what we get as we are about to do these things, making every effort to supplement or add to our faith. And then the the negative or the thing that we miss out, and that is the corruption that's in the world because of sinful desire. So God's gracious work, not only future, but presently, is one of the reasons we ought to be motivated. We're going to itemize some of the benefits of this, motivated to make every effort. And he's going to list eight things that we're going to cover one at a time that's in this text that we ought to be shooting for. We're going to aim for those eight things. But right here, I just want to deal with this because it's so controversial these days, and that is making every effort. Uh, When you start talking about working and works, you got a lot of debate on your hands regarding Christianity. I mean, we know, we all know Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, very clear, says, by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. So right there, certainly if you grew up as I did in a church that was very, very careful to defend the gospel of grace, they would say, well, works has nothing to do with it, nothing to do with the Christian life. And yet if you read the next verse, verse 10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the idea of works being completely jettisoned and and cast out of the equation of what Christianity is all about, complete error. It's an error that I grew up with and so many people did who grew up in a church that cared about the gospel. And one of the reasons is so many cult groups, so many false religions 
which is really all the religions of the world just about, that are going to say, you want to get right with God, here's the list of things that you got to do. Here's the good works, and you can earn your place in God's family. And that we need to absolutely 100% agree with those that are going to say, this is not about good works. This is not about earning our salvation. There is no good work that can make me right before God. And yet verse 10 says, yet we are his workmanship. When he does the work of saving us, now we are his workmanship created right? For good works. That's the whole point. God wants to now see us between our conversion and our glorification when we see him face to face to have our lives characterized by good works. And those good works, by the way, as my dad used to say, work is work. It's always work. Work is always going to be work. It's going to mean effort. It's going to be, as this passage says, that we're going to have to make every effort. Look at that verse, verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. What does faith do? According to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it is the, from a human experience, the thing that we're doing, we are trusting in Christ, and it saves us. We could be the thief on the cross, looking across to Christ, putting our faith in him, and we would 100% that moment, at that time, be fully qualified to be in the presence of God. That's why Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So there is not a single work involved in that. Matter of fact, it is all of grace. The whole point of what we've learned throughout the beginning of this passage, obtaining that faith, it is something that is granted to us, even the, the faith itself or the repentance, this repentant, penitent faith. It's all something that God gifts to us. Now that we're saved, now what? Well, now the Bible says we get to work. We get to work. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. So the equations that we lay out, like in our discipleship manual, our partner's manual, is if you think about so many people trying to be faithful to the gospel, they'll say the gospel, what Christ has done for us, the good news of the gospel, plus our faith, right, equals salvation. And the reason they're saying that is because of the bad equation of the gospel plus our faith plus good works equals salvation. I mean, that is wrong. That's heresy. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, that's not true. But the problem with leaving works out of the equation altogether is we're unbiblical and in contradistinction to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which says we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, and that work is work. Therefore, the equation as we teach around here, and it's a good way to remember it, is it's that the gospel plus faith, our trust in him, equals our salvation plus good works. And that equation does not balance unless we see the good works that follow that faith. It is the working out of our salvation, to use a verse about effort. And you should jot that down. Ephesians, uh, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, therefore, beloved, as, as you've always obeyed, you've kept the things that Paul has been teaching, the commands of Christ, not, uh, not only now, but... Uh, in my presence and, and even more in my absence, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work. And, and we understand that work is going to be work. And while the verse that follows it, verse number 13, Philippians 2.13, is going to make it clear that God is at work in us, and it says that, for God is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. We can say, well, there's my out, right? There's not going to be effort because God is at work within me. Listen, work is work. The experience of working out our salvation, the experience of making every effort to add to our faith, the whole point of the arduous, and sometimes it is arduous, and painful process of growing in our faith is something that 
God is credited with. He works in us, just like he would work in your life to get you out of bed this morning, to go to church, to open your Bible. God is at work within you. You can't do any of this without God. In God, you live and move and have your being. So we understand that God is at work in us, but the experience of work is real. God is at work within us. Just like it says, as Jesus talks about abiding in, in Christ, and, and because of that, because of the connection, the vital connection with Christ, uh, God bears fruit through us. We recognize that. John 15, verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I understand that the relationship is the thing that gives us that that credit that we give to God, it makes us understand that all of that comes from God. God is at work in and through us. And yet we understand this, we've got to exert ourselves. As the passage starts, work out your salvation, Philippians 2.12. Or how about 1 Corinthians 15.58? My beloved brothers, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Labor, work, is a great Greek word, agonizomai that's translated effort or work, depending on the context, the idea of, of struggling. We get the word agony from that. It's like a person in a gym working hard or a trainer that's going out there and running up a hill and training himself. That work is an expenditure of energy and effort. And that's why this particular verse here, um, which is a great Greek word, uh, effort, maybe I can give you a little lexical insight into this, that word, make every effort, uh, spude is the Greek word for diligence, making haste, going after something, making it your business, being earnest, being zealous. The ways that that word is used deals with the issue of my exertion, my energy. And we need to re recognize that just because we affirm the gospel of grace, that it is all of grace that is given to us by God, that even the response that we have to the gospel of repentance and faith is granted to us by God, does not mean that we are not working. Doesn't mean that we don't have the experience of exerting energy and effort and laboring in the Lord. And when it comes to our sanctification, it's gonna be work. It's gonna be hard work. And so we need to understand that. And we need to understand sometimes the assault upon that kind of sanctification. Matter of fact, I want you to jot this down or type it in your device. Aggressivesanctification.com. Aggressivesanctification.com. All one word, no space, no underscore. That is a website that has 11 articles that I wrote about this debate and a very popular book that was written at the time where everyone was starting to attack the idea of exerting effort in our sanctification. And I want you to read those articles if you haven't read them. And then there's plenty of, of sermons that are uh, attached to that. I hope they're on that website. They will be, if they're not right now, that are going to link to sermons that we preached here at our church on a weekend conference when we were dealing with the issue of aggressive sanctification. It is going to be effort. It's going to be work. And that's what this passage is setting up for this very reason, verse 5 says, make every effort to supplement your faith. And there's a lot of benefits to this. Let me just briefly get the context. This is a little bit of jumping ahead. We'll unpack these further in the future. But verse number 4, to work backwards, think about the two things listed there, sharing in the divine nature and seeing less corruption because of our sinful choices. 
I mean, we want to give one word to that. Here's some of the benefits. The reasons we need to expend ourselves in this, at least contextually here, is because we're going to grow. We're going to have more sharing in the divine nature. I quoted this passage yesterday, Colossians 3.10, having put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. I want to be more like that. I'd like to reflect more of that divine nature in my character. And then the opposite side, spiritual growth is not only becoming more like God, more like Christ, it's seeing less of that effect of sinful choices in my life. Galatians 6, 8. Remember that passage we quoted? It says, the one who sows to his flesh will reap from the flesh corruption. So the less you're making those kinds of decisions, the less corruption you're reaping in your life. So I want less of the corruption that comes from sinful choices because I'm making less sinful choices. And I want to see more of the reflection of the character of the divine nature of God because I'm growing. That's the idea. I want to expend effort because of growth. Look at verse 8, if you've got your Bible open, or scroll down to this. When it talks about all of these things, these eight things, it says, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful. So there's something about your life being productive, being fruitful. That's the image of it, the analogy of it, that my life is going to matter. It's going to make more of an impact. It's going to have more good things come out of it and the effect that my life has. Uh, So growth, fruit, and look at verse 10. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent, there's a good word, to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you'll never fall. You're not going to have that sense in which I don't belong. There's a third word we can jot down, assurance. We get growth, we get fruit, we get assurance. We make every effort to add to our faith. We see these eight virtues in place. Those are some of the reasons. How about the fourth one here? Here's the fourth one, verse 11. It says, for in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, A rich welcome. I love that. Uh, The Bible talks about uh, either having a well-done, good and faithful servant, which usually, matter of fact, every time that phrase comes up in the Gospels, Jesus is talking about rewards, tangible rewards in the kingdom. So that'd be the fourth word I'd jot down, growth, fruit, assurance, and rewards. If we make every effort, we work harder in our Christian life and sanctification, we're going to see those things contextually here that will be the benefit and the fruit of our Christian life as we expend that effort. So I encourage you, I, I would I would exhort you to take this passage seriously as we finally get next time into the second half of verse five, and we're gonna look at virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love, and we'll get into all of that. But today, let's focus on the fact that we need to make every effort because of God's goodness and the great reward that's held out for us, sharing in the divine nature and less corruption from our sinful choices. And we'll get back on Monday and we'll go further.